When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. I'm Phil Kitchmanides, joined by uh, Sid Lowe as ever. This is take two of the pod because we tried to record a few minutes ago and Sid's laptop just absolutely gave up. Uh, so we've decided to try another method. Sydney, who's joining us from a hotel foyer somewhere in Barcelona, always out and about. Sydney, always working, never... Never resting on your laurels, Sid. Always out and about. Almost, almost having a breakdown when the when the laptop when the laptop broke there. Um, yeah, it was close. Yeah. it was close. Well, I was just thinking the apostrophe s laptop was probably unnecessary yes. at this point when he said since laptop just yes. broke down. <laughs> yeah, Sid, uh, Sid's close, but he's uh, he, he's holding on better than the laptop at the moment. So uh, so let's see. Uh, busy old weekend for uh, Sydney and a busy week coming up as well. You're off to Budapest tomorrow to see Sevilla in the Europa League final. So uh, looking forward to. Um, Looking forward to seeing your coverage of that, Sid. So I'm sure you're also looking forward to going, right? Very much so. <laughs> Very much so. Um, this is what happened on, on Match Day 37. Now, before we get into it, I do just want to say something. Now, obviously, we're carrying on business as normal, back to the podcast and um, and having a joke. It's a slightly different well, slightly different very different tone to to last week's pod which was the fallout of the Vinicius's uh, racist abuse I just don't want people to think like we swept it all under the carpet that happened and we'll just forget about it and talk about the football now uh, it is still an issue and anyone who's been listening to this podcast knows that this is something that is very close to us we call it out we talk about it we think it is very important to keep this conversation going and try and grow awareness as much as possible both in this country and obviously beyond so we haven't forgotten about it. We're not sweeping it under the carpet, but we do, we do have football to talk about um, this week. And um, you, you were at Mestalla, Sid, and, and, and you felt like it was, it was a bit strange being there. Yeah, and it was a bit strange, sort of feeling, kind of engaged with it. You know, feeling engaged yeah. with the with with the way that both sets of fans, and obviously in particular Mestalla itself, were were were, were, were desperate for their team to survive. Um, Watching the atmosphere pre-game, and 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 there was a couple of photos that I sent through, and I kind of thought, so even that feels a bit weird, which maybe is unfair. In fact, probably is unfair on a lot of Valencia fans. Um, but yes, it, it certainly felt like a sort of a slightly strange scenario to to be in. Mm. All right, well, this is what happened on match day thirty-seven. We had. Nine games kicking off all at the same time on Sunday because there were games with uh, 
plenty riding on them. They all kicked off at 7pm local time. The one game that didn't, it was moved to Saturday, it was Sevilla's match against Real Madrid uh, to give Sevilla an extra day's rest and preparation ahead of that Europa League final. Uh, Madrid won that game by two goals to one, both goals scored by Rodrigo, two really good goals from the Brazilian. Then on Sunday, this is what happened. Elche beat Athletic Club 1-0 at San Mames to dent Athletic Club's hopes of uh, finishing 7th. Elche, since they've been relegated, have picked up some really impressive results. Um, Atletico Madrid and uh, Real Sociedad met at the Civitas Metropolitano and both teams were pretty happy with what happened. Atletico Madrid won 2-1 to uh, wrap up third place and with it a place in the Spanish Super Cup next season with a little bit of prestige and quite a bit of money at stake obviously, from Saudi Arabia. Then Real Sociedad, despite this defeat, have booked their place in the Champions League. Speaking about prestige and money, it's a huge achievement for La Real and Imanol Alguacil, so congratulations to them. Uh, Barcelona beat Mallorca 3-0 at the Camp Nou, the final game at the Camp Nou before the club moves for at least a year and a half. I've got a feeling it might take a little bit longer than that. You always know when you're having... When you have work done at home, they say it's going to take this long and it usually takes a lot longer. So uh, it's going to be at least 18 months before we see Barcelona play at the uh, Camp Nou and it will be a very different Camp Nou. So there was a big farewell party after that victory against Mallorca. Getafe with a massive, massive comeback win against Osasuna. Jaime Mata scored in injury time to secure a 2-1 win for Los Azulones. A really big win at the bottom of the table. Cadiz beat Celta by a goal to nil. Cadiz, huge win for them. They look like they're in uh, potentially a strong position to avoid relegation. The mighty Rayo Vallecano beat Villarreal by two goals to one to keep alive. Rayo's hopes of getting into the Conference League. Almeria and Valladolid played out a goalless draw. Uh, Betis beat Girona 2-1 at Montilivi. And Valencia and Espanyol drew 2-2. The equaliser from Valencia coming from Samuel Lino in the 92nd minute. It's a result which relegates Espanyol and puts Valencia in a strong position to avoid the drop. We are approaching the end of the season, but the content never stops for patrons over at patreon.com forward slash TSFP. They're going to be getting a Q&A pod on Tuesday, a bonus pod on Thursday, looking ahead to the final weekend of the season, and of course, discussing Sevilla's inevitable Europa League final victory, plus a new episode of Rincon Cultural and access to the TSFP Discord. Join us. It's around four euros or four dollars a month. We're going to be podding for patrons all over the summer as well. So that's where the content uh, will continue over the summer. Now, the talking points in this weekend, obviously, it's the relegation battle. Six teams can still be relegated going into the final day of the season. It's a, it's a really extraordinary situation here and actually our our uh, uh, friend of the pod Football es la leche which is a, a great uh, Twitter account to, uh, to follow pointed this out anyone from 13th and below can be relegated from 11th to 7th can get into uh, European uh, competition next season and Mallorca are in a sort of Bermuda Triangle in 12th they can't do anything but everyone else has got basically something to play for the relegation battle is un believably tight Sid you were at Mestaya to witness once again Valencia get themselves potentially out of trouble thanks to a young player scoring a very very late goal two points separating six teams Cadiz Getafe Valencia Almeria Celta and Valladolid and Sydney if Valencia 
stay up. It's because of these young players scoring these late goals, because without these goals, they'd already be relegated. Yep, you think about a Wyatt, uh, Wyatt Selter in the 88th minute, um, Vidalith in the 93rd minute, this one from Samuel Lino in the 93rd minute. And actually, the, the first goal they, they'd scored was, um, uh, was, was, was Diego Lopez as well. Um, Diego Lopez? My mind's gone blank. Yes, Diego Lopez. Yes. Uh, for, a minute, for a minute there, I was thinking, hang on, Lopez not his surname. I knew it was Diego or something. Um, and the, 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 the kids have responded um, a lot. And the, all of these games are, are in the last month as well. Admittedly, there's been more than a month's worth of games because, of course, we've been cramming in the midweek rounds of fixtures. I, I actually asked Baraka this last night. I said, we, you know, we, we tend to talk about experience and wanting veterans and, and all these things which I personally believe are, are, are often quite cliched and, and we talk about the idea that maybe young players won't be, won't be ready for this, they won't be able to, to, to fight against relegation but it's been the young players that have rescued them and in key moments and in particular you think about the goal that, that Samuel Lino scored last night it's a brilliant chance, you know, it really opens up for him, he's suddenly given the ball almost on his own inside the penalty area but he's also given the ball on his own inside the penalty area with a lot of time to think it's the kind of opportunity where you could kind of panic in a scenario in which the tension was incredible. I mean, Valencia had played really, really well in the first half. They find themselves 2-1 down after 50 minutes and they just stopped. They were, they were just completely incapable for about 25 minutes and then finally, finally got away through with Samuelino. It was, it was extraordinary to watch. I mean, it was extraordinary to watch, watch how close Espanyol got themselves to being in with a chance of survival on the final day, but not just in with a chance of survival on the final day, but with it in their own hands, basically. And this is the one team of all of these teams down the bottom that all the way through this process for the last six, seven, eight weeks, we've been saying they're the one team that's a little bit adrift, but they never quite got far enough adrift to be completely out of it. So you see, for example, them coming back um, from 3-0 down to draw 3-3 with Atletico Madrid. You see them go to Vallecas and win. And, and, and you think, they've somehow held in there. And just when you thought, this is it, they've done it. They've done the hard part, which is go to Valencia and beat Valencia. And then they get caught in the, in the 93rd minute. In a moment, by the way, in which they are breaking. Braithwaite is breaking and there's a chance maybe for the third although it wasn't quite as clear as some of the other breaks that had happened in the previous 10-15 minutes when actually every time they'd broken Valencia was so tired and, and throwing so many players forward that possibly Espanyol could have killed it sooner um, and then from Braithwaite tumbling not getting the free kick that he thought he should get Valencia went straight up the other end and as you know I love to do this 12 seconds before Braithwaite hitting the floor and, uh, and Valencia scoring mm. Yeah, uh, really, really dramatic uh, finale to to this game, which, as we said, puts uh, puts Valencia within touching distance of of um, of salvation. The thing is about these uh, these games, we said six teams uh, could all still go down. The thing is that they all know, all six teams know, if they win their game, they will be safe. And you you say, well, they can't all win, can they? Uh, no. Because Valladolid are playing Getafe and they're two of the teams are uh, involved. So if Valladolid win, they know they're safe. If Getafe um, win, they know they're safe. Ditto with Valencia, Almeria, Celta and Cadiz. We need to talk about um, yeah. uh, we need to talk about Espanyol, who are extremely aggrieved at several refereeing decisions in this game. And of course, we had the goal fantasma in uh, midweek when... A goal was given uh, with a ball crossing the line. The second goal for Atletico Madrid in their 3-3 draw against Atleti, which we can't be sure that ball crossed the line. They were very, very aggrieved at that. Aggrieved at several decisions in this game as well. Luis Garcia afterwards clearly said 
we're going down not because of refereeing decisions. He did say that. I think he said that mm. a couple of times. But he was also very, very angry at some decisions here. Yeah, and I, I 100% um, understand it. And I, I wouldn't go quite so far as to say I 100% agree with him, but I, I do agree with him up to a point. Uh, when we discussed the Atletico Madrid decision with the, with the goal line technology or the absence of the goal line technology, remember I described it as tough shit in a way because the club signed up for this. This is, the, this is the technology they've got and it's absurd and it's ridiculous and maybe you could argue that the decision shouldn't have been given against Espanyol, but the referee made a judgment and he got it wrong, and given that there isn't the technology to turn it round, that's, that's kind of the way it is. This one I find slightly harder to, to accept, to be honest. Um, and I, I find it harder to accept because, let's go back to something I often say. You know how, how I always use the word conceptual? I think the goal that was ruled out for Espanyol, and I think this is bigger than the Braithwaite decision, so Espanyol score a third in the 76th minute, I think it is. Desamonte scores another goal, and he gets ruled out and the reason it annoys me isn't necessarily because this decision gets ruled out, but because we've seen this before. It gets ruled out on the grounds that a goalkeeper can't catch. And he drops it and it goes in the net. And it gets ruled out on the grounds that a forward, well, in this case, Tessa Montes, dares to jump for it. And I think there is an overprotection of goalkeepers, which is absurd. It's a myth that you're not allowed to challenge a goalkeeper. There is no foul in this one, and, and, and I can understand why Espanyol are furious about it. The, the, the thing that annoys me in a way is that we see this a lot, and so it doesn't entirely surprise me. But I'm amazed that it wasn't reviewed by the VAR. If you see how quickly play restarts, that's one of the really striking things. Play restarts so fast that I think at that point maybe it, it, it would have taken someone very brave in the VAR to say, whoa, whoa, whoa stop, 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 and, and, and pull it back. I guess there's an idea that the referee is there on the spot and he's made the decision. Um, it was so unafoul that I wondered if maybe that something else had been given. Um, you know, possibly had the corner gone out of players and then swung back in again. But it was. Uh, I spoke to, to someone last night after the game and, and Espanyol had kind of asked the referee on the way out, you know, what, what did you give? And he'd said a foul because the, the, the jump had been, he'd led with his elbow, which he doesn't. Uh, in my view and it's a huge hugely significant goal a couple of other decisions there's a I think there's a penalty on Braithwaite right at the end at the very very end that said the ball has already gone past him but it's an incredibly injudicious challenge from Gabriel it's, 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 it's an astonishingly wild challenge to make given the situation you're in uh, I personally think it's a penalty but you know that's one of those that can be given or not given and then the decision that of course it that tends to most of the focus is on is on the foul on Braithwaite before Valencia go and score now I must admit I watch it back and I think I'm not sure if, if there is a foul and apologies for saying this because of course as we've tried to claim Braithwaite as a friend of the pod before I think he looks for it and I think it's actually a really poor decision from him I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg this is The Deal each week you're here as in conversation with business icons this show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Um, where does this leave Espanyol? Obviously, it leaves them in Segunda. It leaves them in uh, all sorts of uh, problems in terms of who's going to stay, who's going to leave. But it's a, a second relegation in three years. This is a team that had been in the Primera División for uh, 30-odd years consecutively. It's the seventh uh, team in the all-time points table in La Liga. They're a massive club and they've been relegated again. This is a really, really big deal once again. Uh, Valencia, I think, I think I'm right in saying Valencia have been in the First Division 88 seasons. Espanyol have been in the First Division 87 seasons. The only mm. teams that have been in the First Division more than them are the three ever-presents. Madrid, Barcelona and Athletic. Mm. Um, so these are big, big clubs. This was a really, really significant game. Um, at the risk of trying to remove the drama upon which we kind of thrive in a way and the, the sort of drama that we enjoy in the sense that this is huge and this really matters, there's a bit of me that thinks actually the answer is where does it leave them? It leaves them coming back up again. Probably. Because the size of their budget because the fact that the teams that go down have a parachute payment, because I think as well the the return of Granada removes one of the bigger teams from their path in terms of trying to come back up again. Obviously, one other team will come up from the second division. I think Las Palmas maybe is less less, less of a problem potentially for them than, 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 than Granada would have been. Um, I think they have the basis of a team there that, that should be able to come back up, but they do need to get their decisions right. Um, and of course, what we've seen over the last two or three years is they've got far too many of them wrong. Yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Espanol are uh, gone. Animo Pericos. They join Elche in the uh, Segunda División. And next weekend, one of those six teams that we mentioned uh, at the start will join them. It'll either be Valencia, Celta, Getafe, Valladolid, Cadiz or Almeria. Uh, these are the fixtures uh, for uh, next weekend. Um all the matches are being played on this Sunday, but they've been split up into two halves. So at 6.30 local time, uh, you've got five games which are involving the teams who are looking to try and get seventh. There are five teams looking to get seventh. And also there's a, a meaningless game between Villarreal and Atletico Madrid. And then at nine o'clock, you've got these matches. Betis against Valencia. Celta hosting Barca. Valladolid hosting Getafe. Elche hosting Cadiz. And Espanyol at home to Almeria. Sydney, who do you think stays up? Well, no, easy to say. Who do you think goes down next weekend? I think Valladolid have given themselves a chance that I didn't think they had because I thought they would lose at Almeria. Um, and they are actually the key to everything because, of course, they're the team. They're the team that, that yes. if they if they lose, if they lose, safe. then if everyone they win, else is safe, then everyone else then has a series of combinations. So the, the the whole thing resides on them. If they don't, if they don't win, that's basically it. Um, but they're at home. That said, they're at home <laughs> against Getafe, who have shown a remarkable resilience, if nothing else, in recent weeks. And ex- extraordinary yesterday that, that the guys that scored their goals are Latassa, who hadn't scored before uh, at, at top level. Ever. He never top, scored exactly, a goal in La Liga. At yeah. top level football. And Jaime Mata, who hadn't scored since 2021. Um, and admittedly hasn't he played barely played since yeah, I was going to say I was yeah. just, in fairness he hardly played I think he's played 27 games since then it's still quite a lot for a forward not to have scored in and mo- but most of those are you know a few minutes here and there because of course he's had very bad injuries um, Kike Sancho Flores didn't particularly like him he was seen very much as a as a Bordelas player I'll be honest with you Bordelas put him back in and I thought he 
doesn't really look like he's got it anymore. But you know, he scores his goal. He joked after the game. I quite like this. He, he said um, in the dressing room, we've been they've been trying to discuss what was the worst shot, my first one or my second one. So the first one he hits the goal, and the second one he just about scuffs it into the net. And they were both really badly hit, to be perfectly honest. But he scored. So who do I think is going down? I am leaning towards what you suggested to me last night, not least having looked at the various combinations of the head-to-heads. Now, given that we could even have a five-way tie, um, we could have a five-way tie, a four-way tie, a three-way tie, and obviously two, uh, a series of different two-way ties. In fact, a series of different three- and four-way ties as well. Um, and most of those, not all of them, because actually that's why Valencia is still in trouble because I think there are two scenarios in which they or is it only one I think there's two scenarios in which they still go down but it takes a a, a very significant weird combination Um, most of those scenarios do not benefit Celta and Celta have now lost well more than lost they've won one of their last 11 games and that was in the last minute against Elche they are a mess and of course they are the team I, I would say with the biggest kind of emotional difficulty at this point now here's the question they play at home against Barcelona is that a good thing or a bad thing and I honestly don't know the answer because in theory playing Barcelona at home a Barcelona team that you know (laughs) Would would you rather play Barca or Getafe I think I'd rather play Barcelona, to be honest. Um, I think so. But, but, I don't, I think so. but I don't know. And, and obviously, look, we have to be honest about this. One of the reasons why this um, relegation battle has stayed the way it is right to the end, which we weren't really expecting, is partly because of those unexpected results, which maybe are less unexpected than you think when you think about the context of them. So, for example, Viadolid beating Barcelona. So, for example, Valencia beating Real Madrid. Uh, for example, Getafe going away and winning at, at Betis. Maybe that doesn't fit the pattern quite as much as the other two. Uh, and obviously Espanyol against Atletico, but I think that doesn't really fit the pattern either. But certainly those Barcelona and Real Madrid results are about playing teams who maybe haven't got anything to play for. So in that sense, maybe Celta are in an all right position. But there's still a fundamental, inescapable fact, which is Barcelona have got better players. And even when they don't play hmm. well, they're, 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 you know, the, if a chance falls to Lewandowski, it probably goes in. If a chance falls hmm. to, with the greatest respect, Strand Larsen or Paciencia, it, it might not. Uh, yes, and Celta have got uh, Barry Aspas, who's got a terrible, terrible back and uh, doesn't seem to be in good physical shape at all, though he said he's going to be there. Even if he has to be in a wheelchair, he's going to be at that game. Yeah. And uh, old Gary Vega, who is uh, badly out of form as well. So the two best players are... Um... Really badly out of form, basically since I wrote about how good he was. Yes. So ap- apologies for that, Celta fans. Yes, yeah. Um, we sort of take some responsibility for that. But anyway, it is going to be... Oof. I mean, it's it's brilliant for a neutral. It genuinely is. And I, I think I've spoken to some former players and some, some of them who have suffered relegation and they said, you know what, it's actually, it's worse to be relegated. The pain is worse than the joy of winning trophies. Now, obviously, this is, it's very personal and I don't think there's a catch-all sentiment that encompasses this. But for some people, just to give you an idea, you know, this getting getting relegated, going down, it is just about... It's the worst thing that can happen in football, and and the the the, the level of emotion and feelings that players uh, in you know g- get in these kind of situations is um is, is pretty extraordinary. So uh, all right, we don't have a title, yeah. we don't have a title race going down to the final day, but we've got one of the most extraordinary relegation battles in recent memory, Sydney. I, I think it's the best. I think yeah. it's the best. I, I, I suspect it's the best there's ever been. I think if you can, you can probably look at it mathematically and say there may never have been a final day when this many teams could go down and the combinations were this many. And bear in mind, that final day is extraordinary anyway with six teams in it. Hmm. We were this close to having seven teams in it. Yeah. 
Espanol were. I mean, because in the final day, we basically got the perfect set of results. So the teams from the bottom of that pile were the ones winning, and the teams from the top of that pile were the ones losing. So the whole thing got compressed even further. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 it's 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 extraordinary. You're right. It's it's brilliant for us. It's great fun. It's the jeopardy that I think sometimes gets overlooked. That that's a big part of what makes football great. And and and, and it's, it can be hard on people. I, I said this to you yesterday. In the stadium, I felt incredibly tense and nervous. Yes. Even though I, I've got nothing riding on any of this. You know, none of these teams are my team. Uh, and yet it still felt you know, extraordinarily kind of uh, just edgy and, and, and everybody everybody was really on edge. And as I say, it was genuinely really clear in those last mm. 25 minutes that Valencia had tied up. You know, mm. that emotionally and physically they had tied up. And, and, and they... You know, they, they they sort of didn't know what to do, and then, and actually, to be fair to them, this is this is another thing we sometimes forget about football. For all the talk, all those other things, there is a fundamental thing, which is: can you play the ball well? Can you do the right thing? Can you make the right decision? And in the goal, while there's a degree of fortune with Braithwaite falling and Valencia getting the ball back, the the the, the calmness with which Gaia plays the pass and the accuracy with which he plays the pass, and in particular, the calmness with which Samuel Lino takes it, is 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 the key to it. It really is. Um, if you can hear some uh, music in the background, it is because, it, as we said, it's in, it's in the uh, the hotel foyer, and there really is nothing we can do. It's about ambience, it. ambience, <laughs> ambience to uh, to today's uh, podcast. There's loads of stuff we could talk about. If you want us to talk about something, send us a question, and we'll do our best to answer it on tomorrow's Q and A podcast. Um, we, we'll talk about who's the manager of the season and player of the season uh, at the end of the campaign. We're going to have lots of weeks to try and fill with content, so those are one of the uh, things that we usually discuss. Although, right at the top of the potential list of managers of the season is Immanuel Alguacil and right at the top of the potential players of the season is Antoine Griezmann both of whom of course were at the Wonder Metropolitano the Civitas Metropolitano for uh, Atleti beating uh, La Real but yeah why don't you send us your suggestions and uh, uh, we'll see who uh, who we talk about being player of the season and manager of the season but there are two pretty good candidates there uh, we know who's going to be in the uh, Primera División uh, next season from the Segunda certainly two of the three promoted sides it was really dramatic on on Saturday night we had um, four matches being played at the same time it was a bit like the relegation battle only with uh, uh, four different teams who could all have gone up in the end it was Granada and Las Palmas who won automatic promotion Granada champions after beating Leganes 2-0 and Las Palmas drew 0-0 with Alaves. What an unbelievably tense game that was. Alaves, had they won, they would have gone up. A draw was all right for Las Palmas. Uh, Alaves had chances as well. Asier Villalibre really should have scored for them, but he didn't. And they'll have to play... The playoffs, they're up against Abar. So we've got a Basque derby in the playoff semi-finals. And the other semi-final is Levante against Albacete. You were at Levante, Sid, to see them just about narrowly beat uh, Oviedo, who end the season eighth, um, a few points off the playoffs, eight points off the playoffs. And let's see, see Sydney, if next season, this time next year, uh, you know, you might be millionaires. Uh, who knows? Hope springs a turn. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, quite. Yeah. Um, we, we should also give uh, massive congratulations uh, to Atletico Madrid uh, in the final of the Copa de la Reina, uh, who beat Real Madrid on penalties. They won the Copa de la Reina final in the pouring rain at Butarque on Saturday. Listen to this. Real Madrid were 2-0 up in the 88th minute. Atleti pulled the goal back and then Estefania Banini scored an unbelievable free kick in the 95th minute. 
It went to penalties. Atleti keeper Lola Gallardo saved two penalties in the shootout and they won on penalties. So Real Madrid got Real Madrided, I think. An unbelievable yeah. comeback from <laughs> Atletico Madrid. And listen, you know what? Some people have said to us, yeah, you should cover balls, back women's football. And We don't cover women's football on this podcast. Do you know what? Because we don't have time to dedicate it. It should be done on its own, right? I don't want to just sort of squeeze and crowbar little conversations in about something that we don't know about. So that's why we don't necessarily talk about women's football on the podcast because we don't watch enough of it to be able to deal it with the you know the seriousness that it it it, it you know it deserves. It shouldn't just be an afterthought. But we had to mention this because it was so dramatic and so uh, spectacular. So congratulations to Atletico Madrid. Right, that's it for uh, today's edition of the uh, Spanish Football Podcast. Thanks everyone for listening, and and thank you, Sydney, for uh, you know braving the uh, technological problems to uh, to speak to us. Um, it, it's it's been challenging, but we managed to to get through it. Um, mañana más y mejor. We're going to do uh, another podcast tomorrow, so hopefully things will be uh, better. Whether it's with you or whether it's with Al, I'm not sure because you're off on a flight to uh, to Budapest. But we will we will get a podcast out for the uh, for the patrons, and then there'll be a bonus out later in the week talking about the. Europa League and all sorts. So make sure you come and join us. Patreon.com forward slash TSFP. Adios, amigos. Cheerio. Network.